Welcome to the Sexy Biz Babe podcast. I'm your host, Tia Lin, a business empowerment coach and motivational speaker. This show is for the high achieving woman who wants it all. Each week, I walk you through how to own your power, generate consistent leads, attract clients, and close sales with ease and confidence. It's time to make money doing what you love. Let's dive in. Hello, my sexies. This is part two of a two-part series on Burning Man tips and amazing transformational stories from really amazing festivals. So tune in, and if you haven't already, go check out the episode part one, and we share some really cool experiences, maybe some struggles or challenges, and then what we learn from it. I have some amazing guests that I've met in person or online, and really these are the stories that have impacted our lives after going through it at a festival. So go check out part one if you want to, but this one has some really funny stories going from a PGR (laughs) to speaking up and sharing your voice and really just learning to be in the present moment and dance in the rain. I challenge you to take some of these lessons and bring it into your day-to-day life. It will really improve it. And I really like getting some Burning Man tips from the newbie because, you know, you get the tips from the veteran burners and they may say some really intense, deep, crazy things, whereas like it's the basic necessities and needs that you don't even think of going to Burning Man your first time. So we will be covering some really great Burning Man tips. So let's dive in and I hope you enjoy it. Definitely take a screenshot and share it with your fellow burners. All right. I'm really excited to go over this. We have Carissa on and she just had her first burner experience. And we're going to kind of talk about that and one of her most memorable stories and what she learned. So first of all, go go ahead and say hey and introduce yourself to everybody. Thank you, love. My name is Carissa Fur, And uh, yeah, as she mentioned, I just experienced my first burn, which was just unbelievable. And um, just being in this space, uh, you know, I do sound meditation, I host retreats. And, you know, a lot of my work is focused on spirituality and, you know, exploring ourselves and expanding ourselves in that way. And so I'm really excited to share with you some of my reflections and experiences that I had this past burn. Ooh, okay. So I heard that this last Burning Man was even more difficult than usual with the weather, with the sandstorms. So yeah, how was your first Burning Man experience? You know, uh, I, I've been hearing a lot of the same from all of my veteran friends. I obviously had nothing to compare it to, right? Like even mm-hmm. while we were there, you know, all of the veterans are like, gosh, this is a really tough year. Um, just weather wise, it was a very hot year. And, um, yeah, there were a lot of challenges just not only surrounding the weather, but I think a lot of what we experienced in terms of challenges was, um, cause this is the first year back officially after like these three years, you know, there was like a renegade burn last year, but that was 
totally different. You know, it wasn't officially Burning Man. And um, so a lot of these camps and just like all the people in general, you know, had three years off. And so I think it was a little bit of that, just kind of everyone coming back into that space again after so long. But it was really, really hot. I I won't lie. (laughs) There were a lot of dust storms, um, which I'm happy that I got to experience because the first half of the week, honestly, the weather was beautiful. And all my friends, all of my friends kept kind of talking shit, like being like, oh, you virgins, like you guys are getting like really good weather right now. Like just you wait, you know, like, ah. uh, and then of course we got to experience, uh, you know, all of the dust storms and everything that the playa has to offer uh, in terms of mother nature. And um, it was, it was challenging, but it was also just so amazing and epic yeah. in every way. Yeah. Yeah. I will be getting into one of my biggest experiences, but it wasn't Burning Man. I did Oregon Eclipse, Mm. but I also had one of the most challenging festival experiences. And that's what pushed me to some breaking points and some challenges that really set in stone some transformations. So sometimes it is kind of like going through the difficulty and the challenges that like get you to the other side. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Got to be thankful. All of they're all gifts, you know. All of these experiences are gifts, and uh, when we are able to see through the challenges and see, you know, on the other side, what we're able to receive from that challenging experience, it's it's a really beautiful thing. So I have no negative, like I have no complaints at all mm. from the first, like it was challenging, it was hot, you know. Our generators went out, so we went, we had a lot of days without AC. Yeah, um, but no complaints whatsoever. Okay. So how (laughs) hot was it? (laughs) Uh, I, you know, I didn't actually, I know I checked the weather before we left and it was saying it was around a hundred, you know, it was like 102, like throughout the week. Um, I took, I took uh, a bunch of my spirit hoods, you know, like my big (laughs) spirit hoods, like fur coats. Yeah. And I didn't even have the opportunity to wear them because even at night it was still so hot. Like I was, I was wearing, you know, lingerie and bikinis, like even still at night, that's how hot it was. Wow. So, yeah. And um, usually you can wear like hoods and yeah, pants and bundle up. scarves and their hoodies and, and their fur coats and stuff. And everyone was kind of saying like, man, I haven't been able to bust out like any of my, my jackets or coats because it just wasn't, it wasn't cold. So, um, yeah, it was really hot. Like during the day, uh, our generator went out a few times, like during the hottest parts of the day. And that's when we would normally sleep, you know, because Mm -hmm. you you party until, you know, you stay up to see the sunrise on the playa. And then after sunrise is when you want to go to bed and that's the hottest point of the day. So it makes the most sense to be sleeping like during that time. So you can't really do much, but then, the playa had a different plan for us and yeah. we, we didn't have air conditioning during the hours that we wanted to sleep. And so that was part of our challenge of like a uh, kind of sleep deprivation of like not being able to sleep when we were planning to, mm-hmm. uh, but we took little naps here and there where, wherever we could. And, and that's, that's what we did. And it was yeah. fine. Yeah. That's crazy. And we were in California having a heat wave, which I heard I didn't even experience that much heat in all of summer. And then all of a sudden for two weeks, it was like, you know, I live by the beach. So 80 degrees by the beach. And then even a few days, 90, whereas like the whole summer, maybe we had like five days total in like what, three months, four months. So it was insane. I I was hearing that too. Like as soon as we arrived home, everyone was like, yeah, it's really hot here. And we're like, uh, yeah. (laughs) 
They're like, we know it's hot. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, yeah, this is a mild heat compared to yeah, what like this is through, a relief so. for us. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'm happy to be home. Exactly. All right. So what is one of your most memorable transformational experiences? Kind of take me through and I'll definitely ask you some more questions too. Okay. Yeah. So I, I will have to say like one of the craziest experiences of the week was, um, I believe it was Wednesday night, but your days all run together. Um, mm-hmm. as I mentioned, it was like the whole first half of the week. I was like, wow, the weather's so beautiful. Like yeah. perfect days, like no dust storms, like any, yeah. And then, uh, Wednesday night, our crew, we were like off on our bikes. Uh, our crew was going to see our friend perform and, um, we literally just got right outside of our camp. Like we just pulled onto the Esplanade and dust storm, like the craziest dust storm hit. And we were dead stopped. Like you on a bike, you know, in that kind of dust storm, you literally can't see like this far in front of you. Yeah. So it's too dangerous. To so like attempt. six inches. No. Yeah. Like you yeah. literally can't see anything. And so you can't even attempt to like continue riding your bike. It's too dangerous. I mean, you could be walking and still run into people because you can't see them like this. close. Whoa. So we ended up, um, luckily we stopped like right outside of Ply Alchemist, which is the big, huge pyramid. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we just ran inside and took cover. I think it was a group of like, I don't know, eight of us maybe. And I mean, it was just crazy when you walk in, you're just seeing everyone is completely white, like covered in dust. (laughs) My lashes were white, like everyone's just covered in dust and, and you can kind of like, like the vibration when you walk into the pyramid is kind of like not panicky, but everyone is like, Mm. Oh my God. Okay. Like we're here. We're just taking cover. Like, thank God for this pyramid. And we have shelter right now. Like everyone's just kind of like looking for shelter. And so our group just goes and we, we find it, it's, it's kind of really a blessing because I think we got into the pyramid, like right at the beginning when the dust mm-hmm. storm happened. And then later on, it kept filling up like people looking for cover. So mm-hmm. our group was lucky. We got like a little spot in the corner and there were some cushions and pillows. So we like literally set up a little camp for ourselves while we waited out this storm. The storm happened to be four and a half hours. Whoa. Wow. <laughs> we could not go anywhere. And We didn't have like snacks, you know, we had like a few, everyone had like basically their water canister that they had, Uh but we had, that's all we had is like whatever water and snacks we had on us at that time was like what we had. And you're at a certain camp. So a lot of times you can't really go to the back of the camp to get water or use their restrooms, Mm. camp members only. Um, So we just huddled together for four and a half hours and we made the best of like what we had. So like literally we're all, go- all the girls were like, okay, what do I have in my bag? Like we just started like emptying out our bags and like, oh, I have some snacks. Oh, I <laughs> like, I have some, uh, like the breath spray, you know, for your nose yeah. like, like, passing around anything that each of us has as like a tool or, or something, a resource in our bag. Mm-hmm. And, um, that experience was just so beautiful to me because, as I'm going through, even just yesterday, going through my camera roll of the videos that I took while we were stuck in the pyramid together, it's like Mm -hmm. the only videos that I have are everyone being like, Hey, like we're all dancing. Everyone's just having the most beautiful time. And Mm -hmm. there's no reflection. There's no vibration of like anyone being stressed out or upset that we're stuck in this pyramid, that we're stuck in, you know? And so that for me was just like, 
And it was also outside of our group. Like as I, I'm looking around the rest of the pyramid, it's like everyone's just here and, and they're together. They're enjoying their time together and making the best out of this moment that we're all present for. And um, for me, that was just so beautiful to see everyone in what could be easily like a, a panic type of situation, yeah. a situation where everyone's like, oh. God, like, is it over yet? Can I please get out of here? Like, I want to go home, you know, and, and no one was feeling that way. Everyone wow. in the moment. Something to complain about, something to turn exactly. into a big deal. There was none of that. It was like, no. when we first got there, of course, it was like, okay, like, what do we need to do? We're here. What do we have? Like, what are our supplies? And like, how long, we don't know how long we're going to be here. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was never, you know, there was never any moment of anyone being like, ugh you know? And Mm -hmm. that for me was just like, okay, it was, it was that reminder of like, regardless of the, the level of challenge that we're experiencing physically, mentally, emotionally in, in a particular moment, it's like, how do we Mm -hmm. make the best of it? How do we make sure that we're fully present still in this moment? You know, because when we experience challenges, a lot of times where we want to go mentally here Mm -hmm. is somewhere else. We want to go to the future of like, when I finally get to be away from this moment, how do I get out of this? How do I, you know, connect with another moment that's better than this one? Mm-hmm. And so that for me, was just such a beautiful lesson and reminder to no matter how hard or difficult or challenging a particular moment is to still be fully present and to still also find a way to dance and laugh and be, you know, be in that moment and make the best of it. Yes. Oh, I love that. Being present, making the best of your situation, you know, just enjoying the experience and being in the here and the now. Um, how, and then, sorry, just one other thing, like another amazing gift that manifested out of that crazy experience. We happen to be stuck in that pyramid. Right. And Uh uh, there's this particular artist, her name is snow Raven. I don't know if you've ever heard of her, but she's from, um, like Arctic. She's an indigenous woman from like the Arctic and she makes these crazy vocals that sound like animals in nature. She's just an incredible vocalist. Right. Yeah. I saw that she was playing at Ply Alchemist like earlier in the week, but I was Mm -hmm. like, man, I'm not going to be able to see her perform because I have to go to my friend's gig. Yeah. We ended up getting stuck in the pyramid during the time ah, of her fine. performance. Like, so we had no choice. Like we were there and it was just like such a blessing. And she was absolutely incredible. And that's another thing I wanted to say. It's like in the middle of a dust storm, mm-hmm. still perform. Like, like we still had like all of the humans that were involved in that night. It's like, nope, we're still going to go. We're still going to perform. We're still going to dance with everyone who's here you know, and make the best of it. So, Ooh, so you got to see her, she performed I got to see her and she was insane. It was so good. It was so good. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Yes. Just go with the flow. Notice all the amazing things that could happen. You never know. And also not getting in the, uh, how long is this going to take getting in the anxiety? Uh, that's what I did wrong in my first, like really big, crazy festival it was just like, looking to fix things, looking to find my way out instead of just embracing the struggle and just enjoying it. Yeah. So I learned a lesson. (laughs) That like, it removes you from your experience, right? Yeah. When When you're like seeking other things outside or trying to get out of where you are, it's like literally removing yourself from the experience that you could be having in this moment. And you never know what kind of gifts the universe is holding for you in those challenging moments. 
Yeah, exactly. 100%. So like lesson right now, ladies and gentlemen, is if you're in a struggle, be in the here and now and look towards or look in the now of what is a blessing? What is good? What can you fully experience now? Even if you are going through a struggle or a challenge or sadness, like be human, like be thankful that you're human and you're alive and like fully feel the sadness or struggle because, you know, what goes up must come down and what goes down must come up. So usually it's like fully embracing those human experiences. Yes, absolutely. And I'm a huge advocate for like, you know, even in my workshops and retreats, we speak about this all the time, emotions, like really just allowing mm-hmm. yourself to feel the emotion. Like, don't try to escape it. Yeah. Let yourself feel it. And also observe, observe the emotion. Why is it coming up? Where did it come from? What was the trigger? Like mm-hmm. before allowing yourself to just react to the emotion, just feel it and observe it and just let it be there. It's okay that the emotion is there. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Okay. So what else did you guys do in that four and a half hours? What was kind of like hard and what was like good? (laughs) Okay. So I'll tell you the most interesting thing, like as a woman, Mm -hmm. uh, going pee. Yeah. uh, So I don't know if you are aware of this, but peeing on the playa is a no-go. Oh. Um, Yeah. You can't, you're not supposed to pee like on the playa. You can't just like pop a squat and pee. Um, Mm. And so (laughs) we're stuck. (laughs) in this dust storm and like, there's no, you can't find a restroom. And so we, all the girls were like, what, what are we going to do? So this is really funny. Uh, one of the girls in our group, I don't know how or why, but she had a jar of pickles. Like when we (laughs) we first sat down, she was like, we all ate some pickles and we were like, thank God. Cause we needed a snack or like, (laughs) thank God for these pickles right now. It really saved all of us. Uh But then, um, so then we, we ended up having to use the pickle jar. I'm dying. I, I, I actually used the pickle jar. It was it became my pee jar. Um, so that was one of the interesting challenges that you know it's like uh, you can't just go outside and pee. You got to find a pee jar, and yeah. then and then you got to carry that pee jar with you and ah! you can properly dispose of its contents and the jar. So or it's actually smart to continue carrying the jar with you for the rest of the week because you just never know when you're going to get stuck again in a sandstorm. So. Yeah. Pee jars are uh, a very important thing to have now. It's yeah. a lesson that I have learned now through experience. Or maybe like a bag. Like, I don't know. I bet there's some type of like bag that you can yeah, like, like a collapse and like tie or something. Yeah, and then you can keep it in your bag. Yeah, I'm sure oh there's something gosh. like for camper, you know, outdoors people that are aware of these things. Um, so wow. that was that was fun. And, and the cool thing was though, <laughs> you could just go because the sand, the dust storm was so thick. I literally just had to go like right outside the door of the mm-hmm. pyramid, just right outside. Like mm-hmm. no one could see me because like you can't see anything. So I would just like walk right outside and I got my jar and then I would just like hide underneath of my my scarf and cover myself and pee in my jar. Oh my gosh, I love it. And plus, since it was a pickle jar, it already has that really incentive you know, intense smell. So like, it's going to mask the pee. So that's kind of like the best one possible. Yeah. You know, the only thing was that, uh, my guy said this to me as we were leaving. Cause like, it was like, I left it on another corner and we were finally packing our stuff and leaving. And he's like, babe, you gotta, uh, you don't want to leave that. Somebody might accidentally drink it. Like thinking that it's pickle ah! 
So you make sure you keep that with you at all times. Like, don't let anyone drink that. I'm like, yeah, that's, you're right. That's true. Yeah, true. Plus it's like pickle juice is such a good, like we're actually drinking pickle juice in the desert because it's such a good probiotic and it has the sodium. So it helps you to stay hydrated. Yeah. Uh, so pickle juice is like a thing in the desert. Oh, wow. And yeah, so <laughs> make sure nobody yeah. your your tea jar. That's a funny story. And that would be me because I have to pee a lot because I drink a lot of water. So I always have to pee. Me too. <laughs> I always say, I'm like, I have the world's smallest bladder, guys. I'm sorry. Like, I just have to pee a lot. <laughs> I probably would have had to pee four times. So, so you have to carry, you would, that would be heavy for you to carry all those jars. <laughs> it's like, so you're going to have to find one of the bags because that's yeah. practical for you. <laughs> oh my gosh. Is there a lot of bathrooms there? There are. There are. Okay. But when you're in a dust storm, you can't yeah. find them. Okay. So, yeah. You just still need to be prepared. I will look that up for when I go next year. And then yeah. what Send me the tips- link when you find like the most compact, like practical pee bag or jar, yes. whatever. I will definitely do that because yes, I, I always have to pee. And it was the other day coming home from LA. I was to the point I wanted to pee in a jar because I was going on two hours in traffic. And like, if I get off, you're going to take another 30 minutes to get off and then on. And then I was like, I really got to pee. Like, I just have to go. I ended up getting off the freeway and getting back on. And I was so thankful, but like, it was just to the extent that I was about to pee anywhere. (laughs) I, babe, I feel you. I'm I'm the exact same person. That's like every hour. I feel like I have to. Yeah. So yep, I got my hydro flask here. I drink it very quickly. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a lot. It's, it's not a hydrated. little. Too. That's why your skin is so glowing and beautiful. And yeah, hydration <laughs> exactly. is key. It's so important. Speaking exactly. Of- Cheers to that. Okay. So what are some of your tips for new burners and people attending Burner Man, Burning Man? Burning Man the first time. Some of my tips. Wow. Um, I mean, I still feel like I'm such a virgin. Uh, so mm-hmm. for me to be giving tips and advice is like maybe, I don't know. Um, but I mean, the pee jar is definitely brilliant. Uh, that's okay. something I would definitely make sure of for next year that I have some sort of contraption to be prepared for. <laughs> uh, I would say one of the other things that I, like a mistake that I made that I will not be doing next year is I compl- I, I brought way too much stuff. Like yeah. I brought way too much stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um, to pack as minimally as possible is I think really important because we had a shift pod, like we had plenty of space, you know, and like, it's perfect for camping for one week, mm-hmm. but just the amount of stuff, like we didn't need that much clothing and, and shoes and scarves and all that thing. You know, I ended up wearing like the same scarf all week. So yeah. I didn't have to bring multiple, um, yeah. So being minimal, I would really, really, uh, make sure I'm packing like as least amount of po- as possible. Yeah. Next year. Maybe take like a few outfits that you can mix and match and accessories to mix and match. So then you have like, I don't know, even six to eight pieces that all can like go differently yeah. to have a bunch of and, you know, I think outfits. accessories are more of like what I cared about. Like, honestly, I thought I was going to, I brought a bunch of outfits because I thought maybe I'll, I'll wear something during the day and then wear something mm. different at night, depending on mm-hmm. the temperature and things like this. Um, none of that happened. Once, yeah. I, once you're like out on the playa and you're with your friends and you're chasing art cars and you're like, you're never going to go all the way back to camp to mm-hmm. change your clothes. It's just not going to happen. And you're having mm-hmm. too much fun anyway. And none of that stuff matters by the time you're there. It honestly, like yeah. 
matter once you're there. Mm -hmm. So I just, yeah, I'm going to be like way simpler with, you know, just clothing choices, shoes. Like I only need two pairs of boots and that's it. Um, be prepared for all of your boots and everything that you take to be covered in dust. So don't take anything that you really like cherish and want to be like nice and fresh is not, you're never going to be able to get it to look like what it did before the playa. So don't don't take anything with you thinking you're going to be able to clean it off and it's going to look new again. That's not going to happen. Um, also headlamps and just like lights to Mm -hmm. wear on your body uh, because it's really dangerous if you're walking actually and not wearing like lights on you. Cause this year, especially there's a lot of people on e-bikes and like these electronic skateboards, oh, yeah. and all, like all of these motorized vehicles that go really fast. Like I actually yeah. quite a few friends that had accidents, like they flew oh, no. off their e-bikes because the playa it's bumpy and rough. And then there's also sand dunes that you get like, you know, it kind of like slips on your tires. Mm -hmm. So you got to be careful and you got to wear lights everywhere you go so people can see you. Yeah. No, those are great tips. What kind of bike did you have? Did it work out all right? I had a manual bike. And honestly, next year, I think I want to get an e-bike. Yeah. It's I like the exercise and I like riding my bike, but to go all the way across Playa and I'm being told this year, especially like it was really sandy, like it was really difficult to bike through because of mm-hmm. all the sand dunes. Like there was a lot of loose sand this year and yeah. that's really difficult to just pedal through. So e-bike, that would be my next tip for everyone. If you can afford an e-bike, get an e-bike because yeah. it's worth it. Sounds like it. Oh, awesome. Those are some good tips. I wouldn't have thought of those. I think <laughs> I heard one other that somebody told me that she didn't bring enough masks. She brought one mask and then it got dirty or lost or something. And so, yeah. Yeah. Scarves. Yeah. I mean, cause you need, and don't ever leave your camp without goggles, scarf, like mask Mm -hmm. and headlamp because you just never know what you could be in the middle of the day and you're thinking like, oh, I don't need my goggles and you know, the weather's nice. No, but you might get stuck in a sandstorm at any time. So literally you can never, ever leave your camp without your, your mask and your goggles and, mm-hmm. and probably a headlamp or light of some sort. Yeah. Yeah. Just be safe. <laughs> be prepared. Like real survival out here. <laughs> yeah. I love it. It's kind of what puts you through it. Yeah. So is there anything else to add before we kind of finish this up? Any last tips or anything to share with people? I mean, just with regards to Burning Man, any of you out there who are virgins, it's it's an unbelievable experience of a lifetime. You have to go. Everyone has to go at least once in their life. It's just, for me, seeing the community, the way people come together, the art and expression and the amount of time and energy and intention that these human beings put into building this little city for one week is just, it's absolutely incredible. And it makes me just fall in love with humanity all over again. Yeah. And the connection and just this different type of energy and being away from society and like the day-to-day struggles or schedules. Yeah. Uh, And all the people that I connected with are literally my family now. They're literally my family, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Well, thank you so much. Thank you, babe. Oh, wow. So even though Carissa went through one of the most challenging Burning Man events with crazy heat, windstorms, and struggle, she still loved it with some massive transformation. And it's just so crazy 
Her biggest takeaway goes along with mine, being present, which is also a big part of Buddhist teachings, which it's not until you have a very impactful lesson or story and event that you really understand it. Or maybe it's over time really noticing what happens when you are present and what can change when you're not distracted all the time or being in the future or the past. I don't know how to explain it, but there's a point in time that it really just hits home. And sometimes you even forget on how to be present, but then it comes back to you or you remind yourself or you come back to, you know, your soul, your purpose and just being in the now. But in this everyday life in society, it really is hard with where we want to go or what went wrong or the past and the future affecting us in some way, shape, or form. So it's just so interesting that just talking to people, how many people have learned over time that being present has really helped their life and journey. So if you ever need help on that, (laughs) go read the book, The Power of Now, or just practice in your everyday moment or do some research on it. But it really has impacted my life not worrying about the past or the future. And it has completely made my life better. So now we're going to have a really cool friend I met at a retreat. And we're going to be talking about Lucidity, which is a different type of festival. And I don't know about you, but I'm super stoked for the festival season in 2023. I got my lightning in a bottle tickets. I am going to make it my mission to go to Burning Man. And if you are getting ready for festival season, don't forget to check out staticthreads.com. My festival clothing line with the best glam, glittery, sparkles, and badass, sexy outfits if you dare to stand out at any party. So go check it out, staticthreads.com, and put sexybizbabe10 in the discount code for 10% off. All right, so right now we have Salma on, and she went to an amazing festival, Lucidity, and had a really great experience that helped her own her voice and speak up. So we're going to go over a really good story on what went down and kind of just the experience. So let's get started and go ahead and introduce who you are and a little bit about what that festival was about. Yeah, Um Hi, (laughs) my name is Salma and I'm an entrepreneur and an empowerment coach. And um, Lucidity is known as an open source transformational music and arts festival. And what they meant by open source is it's super interactive um, where they would have features that you would just go in and be a part of and play with. They have this musical tree that you could just like drum like all the, all the things like in a tree, like it was, it was so much fun to play with it. Um, and, uh, yeah, they have workshops and games and just art cars, like so much to explore. Um, but I'll get down to the story that I wanted to share. Yeah. Well, so it's kind of similar to Burning Man. I would say yes, but it's much smaller and I would say about more intimate, like 4,000, 5,000 people. And who would ever think that 5,000 people would be intimate? 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it did feel like that. Like, so it had all the makings of a festival, but the familiarity of the people in workshops and places. So you feel more grounded. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what was one of your biggest transformational experiences at this festival? Kind of share like what went through your head? What was either like a problem or situation? Yeah, let's hear it. Okay. So overall, the festival was great. And even the situation I'm going to share with you was extremely transformational and eye-opening. Um, it was my first lucidity. I'm newer to the festival scene. So complete childlike wonder like throughout. And um, what I, I went to this uh wild west theme area of the festival that's called frick frack Mm -hmm. and it's like a blackjack and you just show up with random things and that's like from home and that's what you bet you don't bet money you bet with toys so frick frack like what kind of toys would people bring um in particular to the story like someone brought a foot of a doll like a baby doll foot. And that was like what someone brought to play. Now I can imagine the person on the other end being like, what do I do with this? But their role was like to entertain, like Mm. it's like a co-created entertainment, which I completely understand. However, I felt it went a little too far with uh, the person running the table commenting on uh, joking about, uh, abortion. Mm. I mean, he just got a baby's foot. Right. So like, wow. Yeah. So he was like cracking jokes about ankle vaginas and, um, abortion. And so for me at a transformational festival where you have opening ceremony, talk about like, let's honor the earth, each other. I felt like this was like, like a slap in the face, so disrespectful to the feminine, but also just so disrespectful in general. And I froze. Yeah. I froze and took a step and noticed that everyone was laughing around like it was Mm -hmm. funny and it was so not funny. And if it was funny, like, I I mean, I couldn't get it because it was just hurtful. Yeah. Um, What did that make you feel like? um, It felt like... Honestly, it felt like being a woman, seeing this, it made me feel like unsafe at the festival, that this is another level of um, suppression of of the feminine. And I was looking around like, how is this okay? Mm-hmm. And how is this a transformational festival? How are we like supposed to be supportive and get along if this is the type of behavior that's there? Mm-hmm. I was completely knocked off my feet mm-hmm. in that way. I took a step back, started to cry and like really tune into what was happening. And my partner, um, who was like super supportive, uh, was asking me questions and I could see he didn't want like, to ruffle the feathers of like the person Uh, but really he was helping me figure out what was going on for me so I actually had the biggest lesson um 
when it was shared that, you know, I'm in an emotional state, um, let's calm down. And that upset me even more. Oh yeah. I mean, being told that any moment, like don't tell a woman, (laughs) calm down. It will make, it'll have the opposite effect. Oh yeah. And so then what that inspired was for me to like reflect that, like my emotions, like have a voice like they have meaning so in that moment it was like at first I was always confused like what are my emotions about but in that moment it all made sense of my emotions my body is telling me that something's wrong and it Mm -hmm. is like the tears are like protesting that there needs to be some either some action to take or an acknowledgement one Mm -hmm. or the two And so it was like, I got to learn like that my emotions have meaning. It's not just like something to be scared of, whether Mm. people around me are scared of it or like, I mean, everyone's afraid of an altercation and confrontation, myself included, but I was so calm. I was understanding this, like the scenario for myself. And then it was so empowering to know what my emotions, like I knew no one else could speak for me. I felt like this, it like, I felt suppression, not within myself in that moment, but this is probably what women deal with on a daily Mm -hmm. and we don't even know it. Like, so it, I made the decision that I, I see this, maybe other people can't see it. So I need to take a stand and have a conversation. And so then, then it was about, well, when is the appropriate time? Right. Cause I had mm-hmm. stepped out of that scene and trying to go back and my partner was supportive and said, okay, like I will support you. Um, and that made me feel good. Right. But then it felt like the moment had passed. Oh and just, yeah. Yeah. Cause you, cause you kind of left the area. I and- left the area. And when we came back, it was like a new, like new toys were being exchanged, new conversation. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what do you do when it, like something's happened is it too late? How do you express what that was like? And, you know, there were conversations of, well, why not go in the morning and talk about it with the whole team when they're present? So they know like how important their voice is to Mm -hmm. everybody. Um, and then my partner, he found, uh, as we're walking out, uh, he found the, like the table empty, the man standing alone, Mm, the guy who said everything, right? Yeah, the guy who said everything and said, Hey, this is your moment. Someone like, you want to go back and like, let's go back and talk to him. And it was, it was like, yes, let's, you know, and of course I was nervous because I didn't know, is this person going to be rude, arrogant, like continue that energy with me? Mm -hmm. Or is he going to be compassionate and receive me? And so it was like the most beautiful lesson in conscious communication I expressed what happened and shared what I felt mm-hmm. like when I heard that my feelings were, you know, like I felt so disrespected and suppressed and, um, and I feel that these types of jokes are not appropriate in festivals that are or anywhere or anywhere, but yeah. especially, especially at a conscious, conscious transformational uh, conscious, yeah, exactly. And so it was interesting because I wasn't, you know, he was asking me questions. And at first I 
had to just, is he being facetious with these questions or is he really trying to understand? And I had to let go, practice letting go of my defenses and answer the questions as though this is a child who knows nothing of what they've done and speak to them with love because that's how I want to be received. And surprisingly, um, he had asked, he had in between, let me know, Hey, I want you to know that I take this seriously. And I'm really trying to understand from your perspective, like, you know, what did I say that was so uh, disrespectful? And it was fascinating to hear that this person doesn't get how disrespectful yeah. it is. Right? Yeah. And that's what I mean by it was jarring. Like, it's like, are they poking fun at this or, you know, but the fact that he said that, and then it felt good because it felt like I was being heard and received. And, you know, at that point, it's like, what's the solution? Really, all I wanted to do was to be given the forum to be like heard. Yeah. And let that marinate. And he even said, I want to let this marinate and, um, you know, really feel into like what this is and how, like what's happened and take yeah. it seriously. And in those moments, like people want like a solution, but really mm-hmm. sometimes just speaking up and being heard in a respectful manner is like so healing. Mm-hmm. And so in that whole experience and we left with, okay, great. Like, you know, I don't know where it is to come from here, but then I expressed, and I had even more of an awakening of, I want to be surrounded in community and in environments that I'm respected and not just me respected, but like if the masculine can respect the feminine, the feminine can respect the masculine. It is a cycle. And how can we create community to like, to be in just like that, like where we are safe and supported, no matter sex, gender, um, race, or financial status. Right. Right. So and I it, feel like ugh, there's a few lessons in here to kind of yeah. like break down. Yeah. Well, first of all, emotions are often that guiding point, mm-hmm. like your emotions being overwhelming where it was like, oh, you have to do something with some of those emotions to speak up, to have a voice. Yeah, And it was because it wouldn't go away. I felt like that's what people should listen to. Not just the fear, but like because it was really potent for you, that was a sign that it should be voiced. It should be heard. Right. A hundred percent. And I have like a desire to share that, like, if anyone is in a situation like this and they do want to say something, please be mindful it like of your safety. Right. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. if the safe, if you feel safe to talk and you like, and feel supported, to have a conversation, please like use that opportunity. It is very liberating. However, if you don't feel safe, right. I advise like, like acknowledgement is like the first step. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, you decide whether you feel safe or not. Like, and I'm talking about physical safety. Yeah. Never know what like certain situations are. Um, Or maybe seek support or someone to do it with you. Or like somebody in the community or just feedback. So like it could be speaking in different safer ways, but yeah, I think that's good feedback. Yeah. So yeah, definitely tuning in. Emotions are nothing to be afraid of. It's like, what are they? Acknowledge them for yourself. You know, have someone to like 
go to, to feel supported. Like you said, um, expressing it was so like liberating. I didn't even know that like fully until after we walked away, um, and walked out of that area, I magically found that tree I was talking about that had all the instruments. And I just went in and like played them and rocked out. And my partner looked at me and said, Whoa, (laughs) this is amazing. And I said, what? And I was like, yeah, that was cool. And he goes, no, he goes, I thought the night was over because that happened, but you just needed to speak and needed to be heard. And then you moved through it in play. And, yeah. and so it was like watching all the things that you learn in workshops of like move your body, like how it like helps you move trauma, like all of it. And literally subconsciously or automatically, like that's exactly what happened. And I was like a little girl again, like something happened in the playground mm-hmm. and then, you know, I was able to talk about it and then I found a game and, and then it was done. And that applies to life and feeling emotions. We're always afraid that if we like open Pandora's box, we can't shut it. If you let out fear or anger or, you know, just something that you have to share. But really, if you let it out, you can move past it quicker and then you can have that space to play. So a question that kind of goes along with that is why was it a festival that it felt so transformational? Like what was it about being in that environment instead of just like day-to-day life? Like what was kind of the difference that kind of ingrained it in your brain? So for me, because the festival is like a new environment and something that I'm like adjusting to find safety in, right? And feeling Mm -hmm. safe. But like for me, that was, um, it's different, right? Like I'm being told that this is a conscious festival, Mm -hmm. right? And then it's my playground. So let me test it. Yeah. Let me test, are these people really who they say they are? And I mean, not like there will be outliers here and there, but it's like, is this possible like to have conscious communication, to like experience the lows and highs and like really like it's a container. It, it like, it literally is a safer container to express yourself in a place where everyone receives your weird. Yeah. So it's more creative, like energy. Being away from like the society where you don't know what's going to happen. And these people are a little bit more like open for transformation, spiritual growth. So it's kind of like a safer place to practice these new skills type of thing. Exactly. Exactly. I feel like I've never been received with someone like, you know, when something is not in agreement, Mm. like someone really asking questions and then affirming that they're, they, that this is important to them. Yeah. You know, in Mm -hmm. like the real world, how many people tell you in a disagreement or just, you know, a very tough conversation that, Hey, this conversation is important to me. Yeah. And that's something I learned from that person. Yeah. So I could eventually, like, if should something happen and there someone doesn't see eye to eye with me, or you know, I can let them know that this is this conversation is important to me because I get to learn from it. Yeah. So that's a gift that mm-hmm. through our conversation, I'm like reflecting on, like, yeah, that's a gift that 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 man gave me. 
Yeah, and you can use in the future. I can use in the future. And then I think one other part that I was like, we need to highlight was whenever we have these emotions and feelings and we, as the person feeling, I don't want to say the word victimized, but like we're feeling uncomfortable Mm -hmm. or not safe. Yeah. We oftentimes make assumptions of like, wow, how do they not know that they're hurting me or making Mm -hmm. me feel uncomfortable? But really it's our own perspective, our story. We're even, you know, a different gender, different experiences. So it's really, really good to not assume and be inquisitive and seek understanding. So I just wanted to highlight that for anybody listening to use those skills in the future. Yeah. I think it's important that come from a blank slate. Yeah. You know, and my thing was, okay, this person has no idea. Let's treat this as if they're a child and they know nothing about like, about this. They weren't taught this, you Mm -hmm. know? And I definitely wasn't mommy, like trying to mommy him, but just like compassionately like, okay, this is what it was like for me. Like, this is how this word specifically came off and as disrespectful and like perhaps like his environment or like what he's exposed to doesn't really teach him that. And that's okay. You know, and, and, but what I loved is his approach. So. Yeah. Woohoo. Well, I love that. Um, one last question is how did this help you in the future of owning your voice? Like after the festival, I felt so empowered and, um, it taught me like to not shut down when I get emotional Mm -hmm. to like, I think that was like the biggest thing is like my first question now is what am I feeling? Why am I crying? What's like, what is it to me? You know, and where in my body am I feeling it? Yeah. And, and it's, that's the most liberating experience I've had is like to understand my emotions. Yeah. And not be afraid of them. Right. (laughs) No. And like, speaking my voice. Like I'm more open to having conversations with people that maybe we don't see eye to eye because I've, I've had a difficult one. So I, I think festivals are playground for life. Like you get to practice things there, Mm -hmm. learn the lessons, play, cry, get back up and play again Yeah, and, and make new friends and Connection. Yeah. And then bring that into the real world. Not that festivals are out of space, but (laughs) bring it back (laughs) in and integrate it. I love that. Well, thank you so much, Selma. Thank you, Tia. Well, 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 that is such a great story and message. And I urge anyone listening to really take that to heart. And when you're feeling that urge to speak up for yourself or that there's something being wrong in the collective, or that urge that I bet you somebody else is feeling that as well. So stay true to your heart and speak up for yourself and maybe find support. And next we have Felipe who will be joining us and I interviewed him. He is a production wizard and photographer. He is passionate about spreading wellness and happiness through yoga, which he discovered acro yoga back in 2013 at Burning Man. So when I asked him why he's been 
back year after year for six years, he said that, well, the first year you are a deer in the headlights and you're like, whoa, you just went through a whirlwind and you're like, what just happened? (laughs) So you come back and you get some more of your footing, you get better equipped, and now you've actually been able to start building, networking, and building those relationships. And then after that, you start growing your experiences, you start hosting workshops or getting more involved and doing workshops and things like that. And even though everyone has their own experience, like you could do a workshop your first year or you could get more involved, that's a great way to explain it. And it's also similar to business where like your first year, you're really just getting your footing. You're like all over the place and it's kind of like a whirlwind. And then the next year you're building more relationships and networking. And then like the third year, You're starting to get like, oh, okay, this is what happens. I get it. This is how I can improve. This is how I can grow. And it gets a little bit easier to build on and to like host your own workshops, host your own things. So I actually agree on that. And even though I haven't been to Burning Man, I can totally see the facts in that. He attended Burning Man from 2013 to 2019 with one year off in 2017 to go to Oregon Eclipse, which he called, it was kind of like Burning Man, but in Oregon. And now we're going to dive into one of his most transformational stories that happened when he came into a temple and he literally got the call. I wound up wandering in the temple one day. And that year it was a pyramid. It was really cool. It was a pyramid with a bunch of slots and kind of windows where like the air could flow through through and the window or the lighting could come in really dramatic you know and i've always had a thing with pyramids too i love pyramids i have pyramids below my house um and i went in there and um you know i had gone there the day before and there was a wedding it was a very joyous occasion and everybody was cheering and laughing and you know smiling the next day i go and uh, i'm totally sober too because people are always like oh what were you on I'm like oh, sober um and the energy was different when I walked in. It's like, wow, this is, uh, this is, this is, feels very different from yesterday. And I, I, you know, I sat down and, and I just felt this like heavy energy, just, oh, super heavy. And, and then I just kind of surrendered to whatever that was. And, and I, I, I went down, I went down on the playa and, and I just began just bursting tears. And I just wow. wasn't trying to understand what it was i was just kind of being an observer and letting it happen yeah uh, us you know us men have an issue with crying in front of people right and we're not we're taught not to do that right be a man you know be strong mm-hmm. don't show your emotions suppress your emotions <laughs> so yeah. i felt safe and comfortable to let that out whatever it is and looking back on it it was my spirit just saying hey listen to me you know yeah <laughs> And uh, I had this moment and I had all these flashbacks and all these realizations and, you know, um, even connected with my, my father who had passed away many years ago. And uh, I have this moment, I'm just like, wow, like, you know, 15 minutes ago, I was, you know, dancing in an art car. And here I am now having this uh, deep self-realization, self-reflection moment. Yeah. Uh, uncomfortable at the time, very uncomfortable. 
but then, uh, you know, after I just kind of, you know, I hadn't cried like that in a long time. And then I, I got up and then I heard this voice uh, in my ear and it just said, wake up. Yeah. And it just said, wake up. So I got goosebumps thinking about it. Me too. No, really. I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> and, I, and then I was, you know, I was so like naive and I, and I look up and I'm like, wake up from what? You're like, I am awake. My eyes are open. Yeah. I'm like, wake up, wake up from what? And I was like, all right, whatever. And, and then I went off and uh, I had such an epic day the rest of that day. I mean, I felt so open. Uh, and looking back on it, it was one of my spiritual awakening moments, right? Yeah. Just crown, third eye, everything, just heart, just open. And I had an amazing, amazing moment. Everybody I ran into that day, they were just like, oh, my God, you have that good energy. Oh, what a, like I was just levitating. Yeah. And then on the ride back home, we had a long exodus that year, actually. Probably waited like six hours in line to get out. Uh-huh. To get to the- so I just was in the car. You know, everybody, everybody, my, I had two mother buddies with me and we were total virgins that year. We had no uh-huh. shape. Uh, we had just tents, you know, we're just like setting up a tent on the fire with no shade and ah! we barely left. We were, we were a hot mess. So we were, yeah. we were, we're all hobbling out of there. Let's just say that. I mean, we went hard <laughs> Yeah. So, and I'm sitting in the driver's seat and I'm just sitting there in line, you know, and I'm just like, think, just kept thinking about wake up, wake up, just that, that voice, wake up. And I'm just like, okay, interesting. And, and then I wound up coming home. And just wake up, wake up, right? Wake up. I'm just like, what? Why, why, why is that staying with me, right? Like, I can't, I, I can't stop thinking about it. Like, because at that time, I considered myself a pretty conscious person. You know, I was relatively vegan and I recycle and I, you know, don't have a gas guzzler car. And, you know, like, yeah. All these things, uh, and this is also like back in 2013, like this, you know, eating kale salad was pretty like uh you know progressive <laughs> right? And especially coming from Florida. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and I just kept thinking, wake up, wake up from what? And then and then I just said, Well, I gotta find out. Yeah. I gotta find out. And 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 I just went and and I said, you know what? Why don't I recreate those beautiful creative workshops and gatherings here at home Ooh, that's a good idea that's when everything began Mm. and and then i actually went out and bought a bought a notebook and i became uh, i called it my book of wisdom because i was learning so much information too right all this stuff take a geometry and all all this so i'm like man i don't know what this is so i started why don't i why don't i find out that's what the wake up was, right? It was that. Yeah. It was it was keep following that. Follow that trail, right? And, and you don't really know the end result. You don't know where you're going. You just got to take the next step. Take the next step, right? Just keep going. And and then I became a seeker, right? A seeker. Seeker of what? Seeker of knowledge, seeker of wisdom, seeker of beauty, passion creativity, community. And I just took everything that I experienced and I, and I brought it in. And then in my usual kind of personality, then how can we share now? Yeah. 
And and then I started having people over and I said, hey, you know what? Uh, I'm going to have craft night. Why don't you come over? They're like, well, what do you mean? What's that? I said, just come over and get creative. Uh-huh. Well, I don't have anything to work on. It's okay. I'll, I'll give you something to work on. Have you ever drawn sacred geometry? Here's the seed of light. Draw it. See what happens. <laughs> yeah. Amazing stuff happens when you draw sacred geometry. And and so that that was the catalyst for, you know, really bringing that creativity back that I had lost touch with. Yeah. And Burning Man was definitely um, the catalyst and a real life visual representation of what it's like to live life, you know, without having to worry about, oh, I just, you know, I got to go to work and I got this and that. It's like, if you were to take that all out and just, and just do what you love, right? Yeah. What, do you, what do you love to do? You like, are you an LED nerd? Are you a programmer? Are you a mechanic? Are you a builder? Are you a yogi? Are you a shaman? Are you a, you know, whatever, a comic, you know, anything. Yeah. Just do what you love and, and tap into that creativity. And, um, and, and I started just kind of cultivating that here at home and been cultivating it since. Wow. And we had some good momentum going pre-COVID as far as like getting gatherings and stuff. And, you know, I think now we're all kind of ready to start getting together again. Um, and then, you know, one thing leads to another, then I started getting booked to bring my offerings, you know, to other events and even back to Burning Man full circle. So then now I'm the person that's teaching the workshop and then someone new's coming in as their first time and they're having that transformation experience. And so the cycle continues, you know, the baton is handed and then we hand it off and, and so on. So um, that was a really big impact because it's still rippling today. You know? Yeah. Um, and uh, I, feel- I love that. My Oregon experience, Oregon eclipse was my catalyst. It was, it was hell for me the way I did it. Uh, the first half was hell. And then the last three days were transformational, but it, it's still rippling. Like I still go back to that experience that was just like, there was this catalyst, there was this event that happened and it just transformed me for years to come. And yeah. And then just on yours, like creativity, it, it does open up so much for people. Even if people don't even think that you can paint or you're not good at it. It's just like trying it. One of the ladies I'm training, she just voice messaged me and she's like, this is really teaching me to trust myself and to trust the process just by doing the steps watching it unfold. So, so awesome. I uh, came up with a saying that creativity is contagious. Yeah. Right. And so when you come together and, and you, and you get creative, uh, one person could be working on uh, you know, a brooch, a pat pin or some jewelry, some wire wrap. Another person could be sketching. I could be painting or another person's with the hot glue gun going crazy. It doesn't matter. We're all getting creative and, and it creates a certain environment and you know that that you you get more inspiration out mm-hmm. of it you know? yeah. uh, and and it's been it's been a fun journey because you know most people are scared of the canvas uh you know a blank canvas is uh intimidating right? what do i do what colors yeah. do I? what if my lines aren't straight i can't draw you know it's like <laughs> crooked 
you know, and then you got a Bob Rosser and just be like, Hey, there's no mistakes, man. Just, just go for it. You know, <laughs> just send Love it. That. And, and then giving people a structure to being like, okay, like I'm not talented to draw, you know, a dream I had, you know, or a hand or a bird or a face. It takes a lot of talent to do that, but I can use a ruler and a compass. Right. And that's all you need for sacred geometry. So I'm like, here, draw these circles. Boom, boom, boom. Now you have a seed of life. You just drew a seed of life. One of the most sacred symbols that we know. And now you just color it in. And then when you're done, you're like, wow, I just created that. You know? And so it takes a little bit of the, the edge off. I think most people just need a little direction and a little, yeah. a little bit of like structure. And that's why all these you know, adult coloring books are popular. Because we all love to get creative, but it's that block of... I can't, you know, or I don't know, or I don't know where to start. Exactly. It can be really hard to get started in something that maybe we often overthink about. Like there has to be a goal or expectation or you get something out of it. So the takeaway here is just start. Don't have an expectation. Don't have a goal. Just start. You could even go get a an adult coloring book and just have fun with it and play. And that's kind of the whole point of creativity and it will lead you down this path. And art is very, I would say it's, it's very meditational (laughs) is meditational a word. It's, it's, it's like a meditation and it can help you with epiphanies and relaxation, anxiety. So just get started. To finish up this episode, I asked him what his best Burning Man tip is. And not just for Burning Man, you can apply this for really anything and any, especially an event, right? So what's your intention? Yeah. Right? What's your intention? What's your intention? Like, what are you looking to get out of the experience, right? And, and contemplating this before you go. Yeah. Uh, well, before you go. Uh, what are you looking to get out of the experience? And what are you looking and what are you offering to the community? What are you giving back? I love that. And it doesn't have to be something material. Yeah. So, we, so that was, that's a big block that most people, well, I don't have money. I, I, can't, I can't buy, you know, necklaces or whatever the playa gift is or, you know, cute glasses or whatever. People have all kinds. Massages or love or or kindness or help or service. Gosh, so many people love service. (laughs) Gifts can be a compliment. It can be a smile. It can be a hug. It can be a joke. I I like like humor a lot. You know, laughter is, is, is health. So if you can make someone laugh, what a great gift, right? Ooh, I love that tip. And he is right. You can use that for anything and everything. It could be going into the day. It could be going into a workout, your next event. Just really having that intention and what you are also bringing to the table. Ooh, that could also be used for relationships. Yes, yes, yes. Juicy. So I feel like this episode was 
really great with some great stories, transformations, tips, and I have an intention to go to Burning Man this year, okay? So I don't have any, you know, expectations or I won't be too bummed if it doesn't happen, but I'm putting it out there and if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But I hope to see you on the playa one of these days. Definitely say hi. And if you have any really cool stories, definitely share it on your you know, Instagram, tag me, send me a DM. I'd love to hear it. I'd love to hear what your thoughts were on this episode. So go to my Instagram, sexybizbabe. I love it. Definitely connect with me. And if you haven't already, go check out the previous episode. And I talk more about my experience at Oregon Eclipse, which was like a a different type of Burning Man. And we also have another interviewee. So go check it out. I'd love to hear what you think. And if you are going to a festival or really cool event this year, definitely go check out my clothing line, staticthreads.com. And I sell really fun standout clothing, accessories, you know, ugly Christmas sweaters during the holidays, bling, sparkles, you know, I have some fun assless chaps. So just go check it out. And if you have anything specific, I am going to be coming up with some new offerings and I always like to get ideas. So thank you so much for tuning in and please subscribe, share this episode screenshot it and share it on your Instagram, tag me, and yeah, please help me grow this episode so I can get bigger and I, I, would, I wouldn't say better, but just more value into this amazing podcast and please leave your review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts to help me grow. Thank you so much for listening and have a fabulous weekend. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe, review, and share with your fellow biz babes. I'd love to hear your thoughts, takeaways, and questions. So leave me a review on iTunes. And until next time, I'll see you at the top. It's up to you to level up.